We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Welcome to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast presented by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings. That'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Thursday, January 28th. Nick Whalen joined by James Anderson. Uh, you were with DJ Trainer on this podcast last week, but I have retaken the throne back from DJ. Um, the big news today, by far, the biggest news maybe in the world is that Sting is is going to be performing at halftime uh, of the NBA All-Star Game in a few weeks in Toronto. You know, reactions, thoughts, good, bad? What do you think of this choice? I feel like this is going to be a pretty one-way conversation because I I referenced the I'll Be Missing You song by Puff Daddy, which is a a cover of a police song. I I think you mean P. Diddy. And you had no idea what I was talking about. Mm -mm. So the fact that you don't even know the song that's like a cover of a Sting song 
suggests that you probably don't know anything about Sting, which is just slightly less than I know about Sting. But uh, if you had your pick, who who would be the the halftime? I mean, for I me, mean, the, it's obvious. Two chains, two chains. Okay. Um, for me, like the halftime show at at All Star is like a perfect time to go make food or, you know whatever like go do go, go do something bed. go do something for like 20 minutes that doesn't involve watching the tv because it's usually bad even when it's a good artist it's just those are so stupid and like staged with like the fake they're literally staged yeah. yeah so it's i don't really give a crap who who the person is but the sting one is kind of uh, out of left field like i, I don't think they're going to be drawing any viewers with Sting doing it, and they're they're probably going to lose some. Right, that's that's the point you you made when we talked about this earlier. Is that the point of doing these big, you know, kind of productions more or less for for a halftime show is to kind of draw in viewers that maybe aren't interested sure. in the game. It's like the Super Bowl, you know, like you tune in to see the Katy Perry performance rather than the game itself. And I don't know, maybe we're underrating Sting. Uh, I'm looking up his Wikipedia page right now. I figured he, he would be from Toronto or something, you know, that there would be some sort of connection. He is not. No. He is not from Toronto. He's from England. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I mean, trying I'm, to bring in, like, the the old British audience, maybe? Yeah, and that's, that's a market <laughs> that the NBA hasn't tapped into a whole lot. Um, like, my mom has never watched All-Star Weekend, and she likes Sting, but she's still not going to watch All-Star Weekend. Is she British? Weekend. Yeah. Like, legit British? Yeah, legit British. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Across the pond. Yep. Very cool. Um, <laughs> neither of my parents are British, unfortunately. I don't have any cool like lineage stories to tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, color me disappointed. I think that goes without saying. Uh, I mean, Drake is going to be there anyway. Two Chains is tour. It just happens to be rolling through Toronto during that weekend. Pusha T said he's going to be there. I mean, there are options. So, like, I don't think I would want to perform if I was going to be like. What would you want to do instead? I, I'd want to. You know, if I'm a rapper, I'm going to go do rapper stuff that doesn't involve me, like, performing and mm-hmm. having to put on just, like, a really, really, like, subdued show where I can't do a lot of the stuff that I do during my typical shows. Uh, I mean, there's so much. Like, All-Star Weekend's just, like, a, a famous... Two like, Chains lighting a blunt you know, on the right. court mid- right. <laughs> at halftime right. of the All-Star game would, would maybe be I mean, all I, think, I could wish for. I think for, like, the rap community and just, like, NBA fans in general, groupies... Uh, you know hookers i mean this is like the super bowl of parties so right. i mean the the last thing you want to do is have an obligation where you got to do you know sound check and then you got to do the the whole performance thing that's that's a lot of time out of your day that, that that's a lot of time to, you could be at strip clubs right, right, exactly. day clubs yeah, right you could be so, doing a lot of stuff yeah and that makes sense and you know sting, good on, sting probably wouldn't be at those parties well you know, he, you never know he doesn't have anything better to do at all-star weekend than perform so we've already talked about uh, a couple podcasts ago, you know, we, we kind of projected our all-star field. And since then, the stars have been announced tonight. They're actually announcing the reserves. Uh, so we don't, we don't really have to go through and give our predictions from that. I think pretty much everybody around the NBA world has done that uh, at one point or another over the last couple of weeks. But even more exciting to me than the game is, is all-star Saturday night. We got the dunk contest and the three-point contest, obviously headlining that. And we don't really know who's going to be in any of these yet. And this is kind of how it always works. This news kind of trickles out, you know, a couple days even before the contest sometimes. But I wanted to ask you, and I'll give you mine as well, who's your dream uh, dunk contest field? So you got to pick four. Uh, so I'll go Russ Westbrook would be my, my first. I think he's probably my favorite in-game dunker, I guess, right now. I, I'm not sure how creative he would get uh 
you know, I don't even, I've never seen him really do anything other than just like the superpower, right. like one hand dunk. But I, th- I feel like he's competitive enough where he would probably come up with something pretty sick. Uh, you know, LeBron's like an obvious one, but it just, it would seem like having LeBron in like the dunk contest now would feel kind of like the Mayweather Pacquiao fight where it's like, yeah, this would have been really dope if it happened like four or five years ago. But I mean, I still would like to see LeBron, I guess, just to kind of see if there's anything that, that he's got that, that we haven't seen before. I mean, he's still still a great dunker. It's just, you know, his. I think his he could still peak. be, he'd still do just as well as he would have ever done in it. I think, you know, the, the athleticism is falling off mm-hmm. narrative, I think is a little bit overblown. I mean, if you watch some of the things he does in games. First of all, I don't know if he would ever... He's kind of like Westbrook to me in that... Would he ever be that great of a contest dunker? Probably not. Like, so, you know, there's a, there's a few guys that are great contest dunkers that I think you, you got to think about. Like, I, I love Gerald Green. I mean, Zach, Zach Levine, uh, Terrence Ross, obviously great contest dunkers and, and in-game dunkers, but guys that have that sort of body that kind of lends itself to looking kind of majestic as they're they're flying through the air whereas lebron and westbrook are just so powerful that it's it's just you know crunch and and there it is i i don't know i i think i'd still like to see him though just because we we've never gotten to see see anything like that uh i wiggins is another guy where i just don't know what he would necessarily bring to the table he's already said he won't do it contest yeah um gosh i'm trying to think you know, maybe maybe someone like Marcus Smart. Like, I, I feel like the little guys are always uh, more interesting than the big guys. I mean, I know there's probably some push for for a guy like Porzingis to be involved. That would be sweet, but like, it's just I don't think. Like, I never liked any of Dwight Howard's dunks. Like, I mean, it's just it doesn't look as good when you're a big man. Dude. You didn't like Javale McGee bringing out a second hoop <laughs> and doing two dunks at once. I'd love to have Javale McGee involved in as much of All Star Weekend as possible. <laughs> Maybe the skills competition. Well, that's another thing. I would like to. I was going to say that too. I think there should be a there should be a skills competition where they force big men yeah, to do it, yeah. and then the th- and there should be a three point contest where you have to be a center. Or you have to be just one of the the league's ultimate chuckers. That like, would you not? You're telling me you wouldn't want to watch Javale McGee versus Rajon Rondo in like the finals of a three point contest? No, but I'd like to watch like Josh Smith and like Rudy Gay or something like that. You know, just 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 chuckers. Oh uh, yeah, the, the chucker like, competition. Like yeah. they don't have a choice. Like you yeah, guys are yeah, designated. Yeah. You're the chuckers. You have to come. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kevin Martin, yeah, let's go. Yeah, get over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my dunk Deon contest waiters. field waiters. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, waiters is kind of the kind of the default, the I guess. Checker. <clears throat> but my dunk contest field. <clears throat> excuse me, I just cleared my throat and it somehow got worse. I went Zach Levine. I think if you're the defending champion, <clears throat> yeah. you have to be in the field. That's just how it works. Um, again, dream scenario: LeBron is in this. Like I totally agree with what you said. You know, it wouldn't be the same as as it would have been four or five years ago. I just don't think he would, not that he's ever considered it in the past, but I think he's considering it less now than ever. One, because of age. Two, because of how the season has unfolded. I don't think LeBron doing the dunk contest would would fit with the whole, you know, grinding kind of, I'm the leader of this team. Mm-hmm. We need to get, you know, it's all about the postseason mantra. You know, this would kind of I mean, go against all of like his. I would, I would wager that he hasn't. It hasn't crossed his mind once in the past like three years to be a part of the dunk no. contest. I think he he could have done it like the year after the Heat won the finals 
as kind of a victory lap type of thing, you know. Like, I think as soon as he left, he left, he left, Cle- left Cleveland. As soon as he left Cleveland the first time, I think any kind of dunk contest yeah. stuff if, was completely. Out if the, the Cavs were having the season that the Warriors were having, and it was a you know a fun fest on the court, and everybody's having fun and smiling, I think he could kind of he could kind of pull it off, you know, Maybe. as like a you know just kind of a fun addition to the season. But it does, LeBron's not having fun this year. It doesn't seem, and no. just doing the dunk contest would be just. Even more out he's, of character this year than I would have ever been. He's full on like angry right. old veteran guy right now. Like, yeah, which maybe he would go do the dunk contest and like break the rim down, which would be kind of cool. I think that's an automatic win if you do that. Um, but other than Levine and LeBron, I had um, Aaron Gordon. Okay. Who I don't has he? I don't think he's been in it yet. Has he? Or no, was he in he, it as a rookie? I think he was hurt as a rookie for All Star Week. Okay. Well, I think he. I mean, he's got the the prototypical. Even though he's a big guy. I he's think he's still a, a, would great be a great athlete. contest yeah. sucker. Yeah, yeah, such a great athlete. Uh, and then I had Terrence Ross in there. I'm not, I don't feel too strongly about him. He's already won it. You know, we've mm-hmm. been there, done that. But what about Porzingis? I I just don't think he. I I mean, like I said, like he's he's seven one or whatever. Seven three. Seven three. <laughs> like I just don't see how anything he could do would look all that cool. Like. It doesn't have to though. Like he would have so much fan support behind him that all he would have to do is is yeah. throw down a, a fairly basic windmill. I don't give and... a crap about that though. I mean, like people were all about Nate Robinson and Dwight Howard when they were doing it, and and everyone knew that those dunks weren't that great. It was just like the spectacle yeah. of it. Like I don't give, I don't care about the spectacle. Like I just want to see really. I think it would dunks. be interesting. I mean, there was so much hype for Giannis <laughs> doing it last year. I think if Porzingis did yeah. it, it would be a ten times that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it would be it'd be interesting to see what he could do because I mean, physically, there's dunks that he could theoretically do that nobody can do really that's ever been a part of the. Dunk I think he could like so. ju- he could jump through the hoop. <laughs> We've never seen that. I don't think that's ever happened in the dunk contest. I mean, he could do some stuff where he's like behind the hoop and like reaches under and in. Like, I mean, stuff like he could he could dunk from probably i'd like to see like a what a free throw line dunk looks like from him he could just kind of stand at the free throw line and lean over and set it in i would i would give that a 50 um what about the three-point shootout we'll we'll, we'll do the same scenario for that pick eight guys uh your dream three-point shooting field i think this one's a little bit easier there's so many so many viable choices here i'll let you go first uh so curry and clay and reddick for sure um, I would want Booker in there just because I I kind of like getting the young guys as involved with these as we can, even though uh, the three-point shootout's definitely traditionally been more of a, a veteran type of thing. Uh, I like I like the idea of having Dirk involved just because he's, he's still kind of – he's still mm-hmm. kind of an all-star in my mind, and it'd be nice to, to have him there. Uh, hmm, I'm trying to think, like – I had Dirk in my field as well. I think he would be a, this would be kind of a great farewell, whether it's his last year or not. I mean, could we make could we make Steve Kerr and Steve Nash be in it, even though they're they're coaches? Like, like Steve Kerr coming <laughs> off the injury, like, too bad, brother. You're, you're, you got to do this. Um, well, who's the guy that this was maybe more your time than mine? This is I think late '90s. That didn't they bring a guy? I want to say it was Craig Hodges. He was a free agent, and he he had won it the previous year, I think, with the Bulls. That's funny. And they didn't re-sign him, and then they had him they had him shoot in the three point contest, just wearing like a generic NBA jersey. Yeah, no, that I mean that sounds about right. A lot of a lot of weird stuff was going on in the nineties, yeah. um, on and off the court. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I there's a case for having a guy like J.R. Smith or got or him even, on my list, yeah. even just O.J. Mayo or someone, just someone no. like. 
Someone, I, I, I'd want Durant in there. Yes. All right. Um, definitely would want Durant in there. Has he? He's done the three point contest, right? I, I'm not sure. Um, man, these I'll these things are these things are so hard to remember year to year. They really um, are. It's and and like I'm trying to think of like yeah, a, Durant did do it. He did it in 2011-12. Maybe you get uh, Boogie Cousins involved in the three point shootout. I think he'd be down. <laughs> uh, I'd I'd like Kawhi to be in it. I mean, I don't think he would do it, and I think he would be like if he won it, he would be the least excited person to ever win anything ever. Uh, oh, he would I'm, just walk okay. off before the trophy ceremony. Okay, so I got my. I think I got my. Eight. Uh, so Steph, Clay, Redick, Durant, Kawhi, um, Doug McDermott. That's six. And then Dirk is seven. And then OJ. I'll I'll say uh I'll say Channing Fry. Go cats. Wow, what a sign off. <laughs> <laughs> the mic drop pick. Um all right, well I I have a list compiled uh already, and I will go Curry. Uh Curry and Clay, the two the two leaders in three pointers made this season by a ton. Uh, JJ Redick, I think definitely needs to be in there. He's shooting basically 50% from three, having his best year. Either Lillum or Mc- Lillum, uh, McCollum or Lillard, one of the two. McCollum's actually shooting better percentage-wise, so we'll give him the nod. Lillard's done it in the past. Uh, J.R. Smith, I think that's a given. Chris Middleton, who's shooting right around 42%, a good, a good catch-and-shoot guy. And I, you expressed concerns about him maybe not being a quick enough shooter uh i don't know i think i think he'd be all right i don't think he has too slow of a release well like i mean he has a decent amount of jump in his jump shot right or am i Uh, not really it's kind of just a quick little hop yeah i mean i just he doesn't strike me as the type of shooter that would do well in the the format like i i'm i mean he's definitely a good catch and shoot guy but i i just think he there's a lot more going Mm -hmm. on in his shot than than just take ball for rack shoot yeah ball for rack shoot I'll go Dirk as my seventh guy, and then for that A spot, the only guy. Did you shooting... not have Durant yet? No, no, no Durant. Right. I mean, he, you can you can go Durant over McCollum or Middleton or Jr. If you want, I don't Certainly really care. Uh, or Job Johnny <laughs> O'Brien, the only player in the league shooting 100 percent from three this season, one for one. I was there. I saw that in person. Remember? Oh that? yeah, that's I right. Do that. Yeah, that was great. I mean that that really might you need, be the you need one of those of like my, witness shirts. That to might sit. be the highlight of my year, right? Or well, yeah. that was last year. I mean, he's, Highla- he's, highlight of twenty fifteen. He's shooting thirty three percent better than anyone else from three right now. It'll <laughs> be. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. Where were you? That's kind of yeah. That's kind of one of those. Where, where were you when that happened yeah. moments? Uh, but actually, I mean, Job's not going to be in it. So Troy Daniels, who's actually shooting really really well. Uh, small sample size, of course, with him, but I mean, he's the type of guy that you wouldn't really want to bet against in something like this, or even Delvadova. I mean, he's right around forty percent this year. I think I he would be a. I think I want to see it. Just he'd kind of be the foil to all these guys. I, I'd like. like he, I'd be I, okay with like Omri Caspi if you want to go down that road, but no, I don't. <laughs> uh, you tell me, you wouldn't want to see a Curry versus Delhi final? No, <laughs> Delhi just catapulting him up I there. Would not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are, I think these are all pretty good choices. I mean, the only reason, if you or just just want one reason to watch uh, Saturday night, I think if Curry's in the three point shootout, that's just enough. He's got to be right in there. it, right? He's already been in it four times. I don't know what is there like a max? Maybe not. I mean, the three point is not the same as the dunk, where like star players say no to it. Like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, Ray Allen did it six times. Yeah, like, I I think 
Curry basically should be required to do it every single year. I think so too. I think I mean I don't see why you wouldn't at this point. He doesn't really have anything to lose, you know. It's no. if he if he even like, if he like took he, last place, it, would, the it wouldn't matter. He's the best shooter alive like, yeah. if he wins it or comes in last. Right. Like, nobody it, nobody it's not going to hurt his reputation right. whatsoever. Um yeah, I mean, any closing thoughts on this? Is there anybody that you know for sure won't get in that you kind of sneakily want to see? Uh, like maybe that's Channing Fry for you. Well, like I don't think that. So Kawhi won't get in because he'll decline it, and then I don't think they're. I don't know if would they ask Dirk. Like I want Dirk to be in it, but I don't know. I, I it'd be interesting to kind of see. I, I have a feeling that I'm going to be underwhelmed by both fields. Yeah, I think so too. The dunk contest, especially, it's yeah. just so hard to draw stars. I mean, one, they're either playing in the All Star game and don't it's, really want to do it. It's basically a D League dunk contest because right. the guys are all fringe NBAers. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, right, and you know, if you're not an All Star, you probably want to go on vacation somewhere rather than. Well, and they got like John Wall to do it. Was that last year? Or two that was years two years ago, ago, and they had that weird format yeah, where they like, were just John Wall probably regrets to this day taking part in. Didn't that. he win it though? maybe but it was just such a circus like it was everyone on on twitter was just freaking out well didn't like, they they did it like a layup right line now? didn't like, they yeah. where you just do a dunk and go back back yeah. of the line like yeah. nobody like, knew like a minute to just do yeah all, all your dunks and stuff. i like, the the current format i think i don't I actually don't even know what the format's going to be this year it's always kind of a surprise uh but the, the just the regular format of <laughs> you know a couple dunks each just one at a time no would it be entertaining no, at all to have vince carter do it and just kind of yes. see what he could see what he still if, got? if he does the motorcycle <laughs> celebration yeah i mean like could he go off the backboard right now oh yeah i think he could yeah i mean I think, do you think cool he could get his to, arm in the room again just to see him like do maybe like a 180 even or something like right. that <laughs> would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> so a reverse yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've seen, he missed a dunk this year, like in in, in transition. He he like couldn't get the ball over the rim or something like that. That it's, happens. It's he's sad. old. He's like 30, he's like thirty eight, <laughs> thirty nine. Um, so I'm looking back. The 2014 dunk contest was when they it, it, they they did battles. Uh, there was the freestyle round, which yeah. was won by the Eastern Conference. Then the yeah. battle round. Uh, and so Terrence yeah, Ross, whoever came up with this, doesn't have a job. In, they in the NBA surely don't. <laughs> Terrence Ross beat Damian Lillard in the East-West one of the regionals, I guess, in the battle round. Paul George beat Harrison Barnes, and John Wall bested Ben McLemore. So all three of those guys won individual matchups, but then the winner was based on a vote, and John Wall was voted Dunker of the Night, so he was he was the winner. What a way to engage the yeah. fans. Yeah, right? People <laughs> super engaged. <laughs> I think we'll be able to beat last year's dunk contest field, though. If, assuming Levine's back, he's kind of the headliner. Oladipo was sneakily really good in that contest last year. I don't know if he'll be back this year. Mason Plumley, Like, him, him and Giannis stunk it up last yeah. year. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> All right, we'll move on from All-Star Talk. But first, quick word from DraftKings.com. Fantasy football may be winding down as Super Bowl week approaches, but DraftKings.com is not messing around. DraftKings is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you can win enormous cash prizes every week. You already researched the players for your season-long team. Turn that knowledge into instant cash now at DraftKings.com. Last year, one player turned 11 bucks into 4000 in one weekend. Another won 100 grand, his first time ever playing. This season alone, six players have won a million dollars in one day just playing fantasy football. Keep your season-long league where it is, but also play one-week fantasy at DraftKings.com to win huge cash this weekend. Head over to DraftKings now. Enter that promo code ROTOHOOPS. That'll give you free entry today with your first deposit. 
All right, trade talk. Deadline's coming up uh, right around three weeks uh, now as we approach that. There's been talk about Blake Griffin getting moved. I don't know if that was – there were a little bit of, I wouldn't say rumblings, but there was some talk that, that maybe that was going to be a possibility regardless uh, of what ended up happening earlier this week uh, when he socked an equipment manager in the <laughs> face. Obviously, something like that kind of exacerbates uh, any kind of trade talk or any kind of moving on talk, but – We'll start with Blake, I guess. There are a couple other trade topics that I want to touch on, but just a quick yes or no. Should the Clippers trade Blake Griffin this season? Uh, no, just in the sense that I don't think there's a deal out there that's that's possible on both ends that makes sense. Like There's deals that we can come up with in our heads that might make sense, but just for everyone who is more in the know than we are. It doesn't sound like those deals are on the table on, on at least one, one side. So, uh, for the deals that they could get done with another team, I don't think those, those make any sense for them to do this year. I think trading him in the off season makes sense, I guess, or maybe more sense, although he's a free agent in two years. So theoretically you'd get back more now, but I just don't, I mean, if you, if you trade him and don't get like, you know, every, everyone's talked about that that Bosch uh, Winslow deal that that Simmons threw out there. I think it was last week or earlier this week. That just doesn't seem like something the Heat would do to me. Um, just based on, I I don't know if they think Griffin over Bosch makes them more likely to win the title, and I think they value Winslow too much to do that. It's a tough spot for the Clippers because, you know, any team. I think there's just about any team out there wants Blake, mm-hmm. right? And could make it work one way or another. It's just a matter of what you're able to give back. Like I, I don't remember if it was Zach Lowe or or Wojnarowski on, on one of those pods. They suggested Toronto mm-hmm. as a destination, which makes a lot of sense for the Raptors at least. You know, that's kind of their big hole right now. Uh, even with Damari Carroll out, once he gets back, they're solidified at point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Valanciunas, you know, people go either way on him, but he's he's a, you know, you can you can win playoff series with him as your center, but Patrick Patterson and Luis Scola at power forward, that's kind of the weak point, especially next to a you know a, an average to sometimes below average defender in Valanciunas. I mean, Blake Griffin would fit in seamlessly, I feel like, with that team, but what can they give back? Like the Clippers aren't necessarily in the market for a bunch of future picks right now. So, right, and well, like, I mean. What about like Boston? Say Boston says, uh, you know, here's Kelly Olynyk, uh, you know, Jared Sullinger and Marcus Smart plus like the Brooklyn pick. Do you have to do that? Well, if you're the Clippers, let's just establish what the Clippers want right now. Are they uh, would they be trading Blake with the expectation that they can still compete this year? Well. They're going to make the playoffs pretty much regardless, right? Yeah. And they're going to lose the playoffs pretty much regardless. So, I mean, And that, that's something that Zach Lowe brought up, which I thought was really interesting, was he said, <clears throat> I think he, he made it clear that it wasn't anything that you know is definitive or concrete or anything, but he said, like, what if teams look at the Warriors and the Spurs and even the Cavs to an extent and say, we just can't beat these guys for three or four years? And, and he, was, he basically said, you know, that might lead to some teams just yeah. not pulling the trigger on deals that they otherwise would because they know either way they're just not going to beat this team. I think with Doc as the GM, they're not going to make any deals that that uh, concede like two years in advance. You know, like that he's he's not 
the GM of that team to to sit around and build some like monster five years down the line. He's the GM of that team to kind of bring guys in that he wants to coach tomorrow. So I I guess it would make sense. Like if, if I was running the Clippers, I would try to blow it up and like get I mean you could get amazing hauls for all three of those guys if you wanted to. Yes. And that just sets you up so well to to kind of start your window to win when like theoretically the Warriors window to win is closing. Right. So that that makes the most sense to me on paper, but that's definitely not how they're going to operate. So, I mean, if you're just looking at a at a deal where so say Blake say Blake only plays like I don't know, 15 games this the regular season or maybe 10 more games this regular season or doesn't even come back till the playoffs and you get Olenek and Sullinger and Marcus Smart, that that helps you win more games throughout the rest of this, the regular season. Uh, makes you deeper for the postseason. Gives you a guy maybe in smart that could harass Curry and. Uh, they need other things too. I right. mean, this is a team that thought they improved their bench and really no, has. They, I mean, they, yeah, it's it's a kind of a mess. And then you get that Brooklyn pick, and that like with those three players plus whoever you take with that pick next year, are you a better team than if you keep Blake, who it's been proven that they don't really even see that much of a drop-off between when they have him and don't have him as long as Paul and Drummond are healthy or and, and Jordan are healthy. I mean, it, it, I think that would make a lot of sense. And I think the Celtics, like their whole goal with uh, acquiring all these guys is to try to make a splashy move like this and, and bring in like their James Harden. Right. And if, I feel like they have maybe the, the bullets to get that done right now. If you're a team like Boston or – yeah, any any team that doesn't have a like a bona fide superstar right now, a Boston, a Denver, um, I mean, even a team like the Wizards that would like to add something alongside Wall. Assuming you can choose between Love and Griffin, which you necessarily you can't necessarily do that, but assuming you could, which of those guys would you want? For me, it's Blake, pretty obviously. Yeah, I'm I'm there too. Yeah, I mean, is there a world in which the Cavs and Clippers talk? Uh. Well, Winhorst said that the the Paul Kyrie one is more likely right. in theory than the Love Griffin one, just because uh, to me Griffin is so much like LeBron in like what he brings to the table, like way more so than than Love. So to me, that's just a kind of a terrible fit. So yeah, but I mean, the argument is that Love is such a bad fit right now too. But at but least Love, Love can shoot. Threes. Yeah. yeah, like that's the thing. Like Bosh shoots threes, Love shoots threes. Griffin doesn't. Griffin like just lives in that area that LeBron lives, and uh, I just don't see that being a fit. Whereas you could make a case that getting Chris Paul in, instead of Kyrie gives them maybe a better option to defend Curry if they meet in the finals. Gives them. Uh, you know, a more reliable option, maybe someone that would have uh, really good chemistry with LeBron, just given you know how far they go back as friends and everything. So I, I could see that one making more sense than the love swap. I mean, that in theory closes Cleveland's window maybe a year or two earlier, right? Right. Although that window does kind of come and go I, with LeBron. I'm, I'm there. The way that they're running stuff over there, it's like they are so desperate to get a title with like LeBron and Cleveland and like the whole Warriors Spurs thing is just 
screwing that up so yeah. much like that I could see them making some sort of a panic move like yeah oh man we're so screwed like we got to do something and then like all of a sudden they don't have Kyrie anymore and they like give up like their next three like first round picks and then yep. they're just like the worst team in the league they've already as given soon, up some future picks. like as soon as LeBron is done or like starts to fall off like you could see the Cavs be like the worst team in the league for like five straight years or something like that I think there's still the <clears throat> excuse me the belief that these next couple of years it'll still be LeBron's team you know this right. season next oh, season probably sure. three or four more yeah. years but at some point I think it's you know even if if you know the Warriors just keep this up and and the Spurs keep this up and maybe another team pops up and they don't get one there's still that belief that LeBron can kind of be a, a late career Carl Malone where Kyrie's the number one guy and whether Love's still there or not they they have someone else where LeBron can kind of be your Kind of almost like Dwayne Wade was for him in a lot of ways. You know, the, the yeah. number one guy some nights, but... You're not. never going to win a title, though, with Kyrie or Love as your number one guy. No. Like. <laughs> you, they just can't defend. Yeah. It's and, too important to, to be able to defend in the playoffs. And it's... They're just... I feel like they... They've kind of done as much as they can do. And I I would just kind of just keep... I mean, you're going to go to the finals for the next probably two or three years in the East, as long as LeBron's healthy. I think you just keep, you know, running it out there and maybe you just hope the that ball, there's an injury here. The ball can break funny ways. You know, I mean, the Spurs had the heat dead to rights that one yep. year and they ended up losing that one. I mean, the, the Mavs, like nobody would have given the Mavs a shot against the heat that, yep. that other year. I mean, the, there's crazy stuff's happened before in the final. So I think you just kind of run it, run it back as, as many years as you can with this current, uh, group of three and, and the longer you keep them together the better better they yes. play together too so yeah and the thing is about cleveland they're in a weird situation where they obviously want as many titles as possible but they only need to win one right once they get that one yeah. like it's they can oh, yeah. just they yeah, can yeah, just yeah, like yeah. kill the franchise that'd yeah. be it like oh yeah. we got it like, yeah. like they don't need they don't necessarily need to worry about sustainability a, everything they just need one every move they make is a success if they get one yeah and like any failures after that don't matter they could they could get a title this year and then miss the playoffs the next seven right. years with lebron and it would be yeah. fine because they got that one yeah so so it's it's you just got to hope to get lucky. I think. That's where you look at the Chris Paul trade and think, you know, maybe it does help our chances this but one year. But I think, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think that sacrifices uh, your chances in 2017, 2018. Yeah. Um, it's better to just it, and it's a marginal upgrade and it's, you know, he's more of an injury risk. And honestly, like he's a better defender than Kyrie, but Curry's made him look completely foolish before he doesn't too. have the so size for it's curry. not it's, yeah, a, it's not it's not like he's going to be a curry stopper like so no. it, i just i could see the the reasons for making that deal but to me they're they're kind of not any better off if they make that so you mentioned last night when we were talking about this that you just think there are too many teams right now that think they can contend and you look at the standings especially in the east it's so bunched up you know after cleveland and toronto you got you know, three through basically Milwaukee down at at thirteen that are in it. I mean, I'm not saying that the Bucks are anywhere near caliber team like the Hawks or the Bulls, but you know, all these teams, it wouldn't really surprise you if they shifted four or five spots by the time this is all said and done, uh, up or down in the East. But do you think this is going to result in a more quiet deadline because more teams think that they're good enough to sneak in? I think that could be the case. I think that seems to be the general consensus, but I think that could also work both ways where 
you know, if you're a team like Washington or New York and you're sitting at 11 and a half games out of first, but only two games out of the eighth seed and three and a half out of the seventh <laughs> seed, you think, you know, maybe if we make a move, we can jump up rather than just kind of keep the status quo and hope that some of these other teams fall down. So I think you might see something. You could see something kind of crazy in the West. Uh, you know, like you could see the I could see the Grizzlies doing something crazy that like nobody sees coming. Uh, they don't. I mean, they have a smart front office. They don't like getting to the playoffs and losing to them doesn't mean anything. Like whereas, like if you're the if you're the Kings or the Jazz, like getting to the playoffs means something. But like the Grizzlies are in the playoffs every single year. They're not going to go anywhere this year. They know that. I mean, I could see them doing something crazy. Uh, like out east, though. You have, to me, like the Nets are, they're the, the worst offenders to this in, in the sense that they haven't moved Thad Young yet. They haven't explored, you know, moving Lopez yet. I mean, they, they should be trading everything that isn't nailed down that they can get anything for because they're, they're so far from contending. It, they, I threw out a, a Jabari Parker for Thad Young. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, and then any any sort of pick possibly that they could salvage at was, this point. Was this before or after Bucks fans had like tied you to a tree? The, well, this is like... what partially caused that. <laughs> um, I just think there's you got to be realistic about this, this stuff. Well, man. the Bucks are the second team I was going to get to, where like the Bucks, like the Nets, should be sellers just in the sense that they have nothing else to be. They're not. They're they're, not. they're just like selling crap though. Right? Yeah, I know, but I mean, like Thad Young, you know, if you're if you're a team like, you know, the Raptors or something like sure. that, I mean, you'd, you'd want Thad Young. The Raptors uh, are an interesting spot for him. The the Bucks, though, like, they're the team that should be selling because nobody else is selling. Like, they're the team that could just come in and be like, hey, guess what, guys? We're, we're selling. We're taking – we're listening to offers. Surprise. On, on Jabari Parker. We're listening to offers on, you know, Greg Monroe. You know, what, what are you, you going to offer us? And if they're the only seller, that probably gets you – some more interesting offers than if there sure. were other teams offering pieces like that. Uh, the Magic, I don't, I don't view as sellers just because all their guys are young. I mean, they're building something there. The Wizards, kind of. I don't know. They've lost like eleven of thirteen. <laughs> the Magic are right where they always are. They have, but, okay. So, like, who would they sell though? No, like, no, are any of these guys good? They're all young. We've been saying they're all young. <laughs> like Tobias Harris has put up the same numbers basically for the right. last three years. Basically, the they, same record. They're all guys that could be like the third or fourth best player on a team yeah but they're all on the same team right right yeah so yeah I, I just don't know who you sell i don't know you gotta pick between oladipo and hazonia <laughs> at some point right i mean one can be off the bench i guess but do you want that both so, you know, top five guys i think i like oladipo and gordon and vucevic those are my like three guys on the team i mean hazonia's got some upside I don't know. I mean, what if you sell Hazonia, if you sell Oladipo or whatever, you're just getting a draft pick and you're going to end up with a guy just like the guy you just traded. So, I mean, they... Well, not necessarily. I mean, it, I think Oladipo is far enough along, even only in year three, that he could be useful. I would trade... I mean, I'd love to trade Alfred Payton if I could, but yes. I, don't, I don't think I don't know what the market for is for him. Um, I mean, the Wizards don't have anything to trade, really, uh, unless they want to just blow it up, which they're definitely not doing because they are going to cling to whatever hope they have of getting Durant which is silly uh the Knicks I think desperately want to make the playoffs so they're not going to be sellers the Hornets I think desperately want to make the playoffs they're not going to be sellers um 
you know, teams like smart established teams like the Heat or the Pacers or the Bulls or the Hawks might look to do something where they sell just because they're realistic and they know, you know, we're not going to go to the finals this year, let alone beat Golden State or San Antonio. So I feel like the, the, the established teams are the ones more likely to do something wild in the East and the West, whereas like those those upstart teams mm-hmm. are just so desperate to get to the postseason that they're going to stamp at. What do you think about, if this is probably going to sound crazy, but like a Blake Griffin to Orlando for a package built around Oladipo, <laughs> Tobias Harris, and three future picks? Um. <laughs> So I think I think you'd kind of have to have Aaron Gordon in that deal just because him and Blake are basically I don't I don't see how those two fit together. Sure, give him give take a pick away and yeah, make it Gordon. I, I think fine. that would be that would make sense I think maybe a little bit on both sides, but I think it would really piss off the Clippers players and I don't see Doc Doc's not bringing in like young guys yeah it's just so hard to find like a partner i mean the durant for blake stuff is hilarious to me that won't happen right that's 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 unless unless durant told them that he's not coming back which he hasn't and won't then why would you do that he's coming back for one year um i mean the the doc gm thing just puts a whole wrench in this because like there's not they're not going to make like smart you know long-term moves in a, in a Blake deal, they're going to make a move that they think makes gives them a better chance to win this year. So yeah, what coach wants to right. set himself back basically as a coach? You know, you don't want to do that. I don't know. There, I mean, obviously, I focus more on the Bucks than the other teams. I'd like to see them try to make some moves. I think the Bulls need a point guard. I think Jared Bales would be a really good fit there. <laughs> maybe maybe flip him for for our good friend Tony Snell. I would like that quite a bit. They need some sure. floor stretching. Even Pat, Patrick Patterson would be fine, but people on Twitter yesterday, you know, all the Blake Griffin stuff is coming out, and you know the trade speculation starts mm-hmm. running rampant. And somebody tweeted at me and saying like, "I'd really like Blake in Milwaukee, but I just don't know if I'd want to give up Middleton, Parker, or Giannis." Like, you have to give up pieces like that if you want to get a piece like Blake Griffin. Or you like, don't know if you'd want to give up Parker in a Blake Griffin. Trade. Are you? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me with that? How and, and like. I don't know if I want to give future picks. Like, what do you think they want? Like, yeah. you think they're going to take OJ Mayo's expiring yeah. Jared OJ. Bayless and Mason John Plumlee? Henson. Here's John Henson. Uh. <laughs> um, what about what about uh, Al Horford? Like a deal built around Al Horford and Blake, or Paul Millsap and Blake? Can you play Horford and Jordan together? I think so. I mean, Horford. He. I mean, he Horford probably forward. stretches as far as Blake stretches. Yeah, you know? I think. Like, I think so. Yeah. I, I think. Maybe there's something there. I mean, I think Millsap would be a a pretty interesting fit on that team because to me he's a guy that would be more willing to kind of like he's a he just strikes me as a better teammate than Blake and like a guy that would be better in like a battle if you're going up against, you know, if it's getting real. Blake is a guy that is constantly disappeared like in the final five minutes of super important. Uh, he was the best player games. in the playoffs last year while they were still alive. Yeah. Well, they weren't alive. Yeah, they weren't alive yeah, for long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I, I just think it's kind of astonishing that we've gone, we've switched the, we flipped the switch on Blake so quickly. Like this guy's a top I ten love, player no, in the I love league. Blake, like, but I just, I he think didn't. There he didn't, is definitely something to the fact that the Clippers can't go anywhere with their current team. I guess. I, I just. You got a. You got a career. He just seems like JJ more of a Ray piece Ray to me. Like, yeah. He's so young and so good. It's. 
it, I don't know. It, I mean, you're right. They have to do something. You, know, you can't just stand pat with this core when there's another there's what do you two think teams. he will do in free agency? Like, it, say he doesn't get traded at all. Lakers? And, like, he's a free agent. Do you think he – there's – like, what are the odds he comes back to the Clippers? I don't think they're that bad. I mean, he's seems to be comfortable in think, L.A., yeah, right? I think he'd be cool with it. Um, but he's another guy, like – I mean, he's a guy that Miami might tr- just try to get in free agency. Or, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's – I mean, he still does have, <laughs> what, two more years. Yeah, if you're a team like Miami or um, – you know the Knicks or the Lakers. I mean, Griffin's a guy that you could probably woo. In, in free things games. get very interesting with him next year. If let's say the Clippers stand pat and they go forth, they lose in the in the semifinals or whatever it might be, and all of a sudden Blake has a player option for twenty seventeen eighteen, um, and he can basically you know he's basically an expiring deal at that point. He holds all the cards. Things get very dicey at next deadline. You know, if they feel like he's going to walk, then we might see a, a Kevin Love type of situation where he gets flipped. Um, although they probably won't want to wait, like Minnesota ended up doing. Very messy situation for the Clippers. I, I just think it's it's people are rushing to trade this guy after this incident. It, I mean, he punched a guy, a guy who's his friend, and I don't know whether that makes it better or worse. I'm not trying to defend that, but it's not like he I was think caught. It makes it better. Yeah, I think it does too. Yeah. But it's not like he was caught with five pounds of cocaine or he like yeah. beat the hell out of his wife or girlfriend or whatever like i'm not again not trying to it, mitigate the violence but this isn't like a huge major issue it'd be a complete non-story if he hadn't gotten hurt yeah like, right you know i mean it, who like, knows that there's probably guys on other teams like man thank god all the yeah. time like teammates punch each other like all the time sure I mean, it's not a it's not a unheard of thing like it's just it it happened to get him hurt yeah seriously no one would be so, calling like, him selfish right. if if he didn't have a broken hand right and now it's not like he wanted to get a broken hand like it just you know well we don't know that <laughs> it's been dying to break his hand for a while and he finally saw a moment and he had to seize it um a couple other guys i want to throw at you quick jeff teague drew holiday tyreek evans basically the entire pelicans roster not named anthony davis is available are there any well, prospective deals or landing spots that you like for these guys so i want to ask you what you think about the whole like notion like i mean i think it's a real notion but should it be where east teams like say from the Cavs down to like the hornets probably aren't gonna deal with each other like that's, I think that's dumb i mean i think it's insane because like if you're the hawks and you want to trade teague and say the bulls are the most obvious place to trade him and they have assets that you'd like to get back like if you if you could trade Teague for, I don't know McDermott and like Snell or something like that, or maybe just McDermott and Rose or something. Like I mean, would, like I feel like that makes the Bulls maybe better. Like yeah, it doesn't make the Hawks better. <laughs> well, McDermott might be the next Kyle Korver, and and obviously he's sort of fallen off. Um, I, you think McDermott's enough of a piece to get Teague? I think, you know, McDermott plus Snell or McDermott plus uh, maybe Bobby Portis or something like that. I think Portis is maybe a little more intriguing. But, like, that's – so, like, if you ask me about, like, Teague or – who are the other guys? Uh, Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans. Yeah, I mean, a lot of – Holiday, I guess, doesn't have much trade value to me just with the injury history. Um, I mean, Drew Holiday maybe to the Bulls would be interesting. Tyreek. I don't see that team blowing stuff up at all. Tyreek fits into the Cavs trade exception. (laughs) That would be the worst ever fit. Uh, But running that second unit, 
A um, little bit of a wild card. You know, he has like a 35-point game in him at some point, maybe in the first see, round. Do you see the Pelicans being sellers at all? Yeah. So, well, to, what, to what end? Like, to be Zero end. worse next year? <laughs> like, Well, I mean, they are they're three and a half out. <laughs> Uh, I hate this discussion. We've had the same. We've we've been saying this about the Pelicans forever. Like once they once they figure it out, once they get healthy, they're three and a half out. They, they're like they want to make the playoffs. Their window is like now, regardless of who's on their roster. Like they they aren't a it's, team. It's that can, the next twelve years, though. They can't like be rebuilding like during Anthony Davis's prime. Well, I think they thought that Eric Gordon was better than he is. They thought that Tyreek Evans was better than he is. They thought Drew Holiday had a, a leg that works. Do they no. have their first round pick this year? I do not know. Let me. If they uh, have their me... first round pick this year. Then I would be all for just rolling like a ten percent chance of getting Simmons or Ingram. But I mean that that's not. They've I gotten mean, lucky in the past. Do you? What do you think about? So they do have their pick, by the way. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just. To me, that's it's not impossible for them to find a way to get like a top four or five odds for that that first selection without doing anything i mean they could just keep the whole roster and like yeah i mean teams like the lakers phoenix is going to start bottoming out pretty hard minnesota already has uh you know the nets the sixers even the bucks maybe at some point i, I think they they're going to look at like a seventh or eighth pick which the is other fine. thing is they can't do like a fake injury really on davis uh, you could just get a real injury because because of that thing where he misses out on like 20 mil or yeah whatever. it's what 23 million 20 or something mil, bonus yeah. if he makes an all nba team yeah so, is it is it any all nba yeah, team or it's any all NBA first team's team. out of the question already right. yeah it's any all nba team so i feel like if he what would you give his odds of making any all nba team right now if he stays healthy and keeps playing this way but the pelicans finish with a sub 400 winning percentage like 50, i think he's 50? helped by his possible center eligibility Okay. You know, I think Draymond's got one spot locked up. He could maybe be a center. Drummond, maybe. I mean, Drummond might, might not even be an all-star. He prob- I mean, he probably will be, I should say. I think, I mean, Davis, like, the numbers are going to look good. Yeah. They're going to be all NBA numbers. It's but It's going to be interesting. <laughs> is he going to do it on a 30-win team? I don't know what kind of precedent there is for that. Yeah. I mean, I th- I don't think people care as much about numbers when it comes to, like, the third team. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've or, seen guys or, like Noah and like Marcus Saul will get on over guys that had better or, numbers. Or, and I mean, Cousins has, is going to be in the mix. Yep, that's big. Um, you know, Dwight's quietly having a pretty decent year. DeAndre sure Jordan, is. DeAndre Jordan might be in the mix. Like, I think he's got to play sixty plus games to he's, to have a shot. He's going to finish the year with probably very similar numbers to last year. Yeah. 24, a little over 10 rebounds, a couple assists, you know, a block and a half, two blocks. It, I don't know. It's going to be because <laughs> was he a first team all NBA last year? I think he was. I think so, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be kind of tough to say you did but, exactly the same they, thing. They made the playoffs last year. Right. And, but they could still make the playoffs this year in the same scenario and be the eight seed and get whooped again by Golden State. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be. It'll I think be they should sell just because these guys, a lot of these guys are just kind of dead ass. We assets. can all agree. Yeah. Like, they could get rid of every get everybody in their starting lineup other than Davis, and then just do stuff in the off season to piece something together, and it could be better. So yeah, I yeah, think, I think you're right. Like I think if they can get anything for Evans, or some I mean, so many holiday, of these guys are expiring anyway. Uh, might as well. Brian Anderson's gone after this year, so they they should move him. The smart move would be to sell just because 
like you said, it doesn't really raise or lower your, your yeah, ceiling so or floor you, that much. You sell everybody other than Davis. You hope to get, you know, a top two pick, and then if you don't, you just sign guys in free agency. So I mean, yeah, I, I think you're right, but I, I wonder if they've come around to that conclusion yet. Yeah, it kind of, it totally depends what if they like have this goal to make the playoffs this year. That could kind of influence what they end up doing, which you know, in the end maybe wouldn't be the best idea. Um, but the, the Teague Schroeder thing. Basically, does this mean you know the fact that they seem to be, you know, not publicly yet, but reportedly dangling Teague? Does that mean that Truder's probably going to be their guy going forward? I think that, I think so because I think that they look at what they were able to do with Teague and kind of feel like that was the they maxed out. So they're just going to see like what Truder has as a starting point guard and see if that takes them to another level or not, which makes sense. I don't I, you don't want to trade Truder. Uh, with his current value in the trade market and then have him turn into a top 10 point guard, which I don't think is completely. No, I mean, he could be, he could be Reggie Jackson, right? So, yeah. So, I mean, I think you, you might as well just do that. Uh, it's just so hard to find a team that needs a point guard that is not in the East contending. That would give you something for him though. Yeah. The Hawks are in that weird spot too, where they, they're in that tier where it's, we're very good, but we're not beating the Cavs good. Mm-hmm. So, you almost have to look at every team in that tier and think like if you're the Hawks, like you have an aging ish core. I mean, maybe maybe not aging, but Millsap, Horford, even T are getting up there, high twenties, low thirties. Is this the core that you want to go forward with? Like at some point, this team's going to have to to make some major changes, right? I think that they're just. I think they're just going to run it, and I mean <laughs> with with Millsap and Horford. To me, that 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 gets you like a top five seed in the East most years. You just kind of hope that I don't know. Maybe you win a few division crowns, something like that. It's it, it's it's easy to say like, well, they they're never going to win a title, so just blow it up. But only one team wins every year. Only one team wins every year. If you can win fifty games every year, it's kind of silly not to just do that and just be like well we had a really good run you know we yeah. this was our winning percentage over these five years you know we we won a lot of games together i mean that that doesn't and there's a built-in right. excuse you have this super team yeah. on the west coast yeah. that is looking pretty you're, unbeatable you're, if you're the hawks your fans aren't going to the game games regardless of whether you're good yeah. or bad so you might that was well pretty clear last year yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right real quickly what do you think about teague to milwaukee for parker this is one that really really ruffles some feathers uh i think you throw in a pick if you're atlanta i would ask for Schroeder. Yeah, Schroeder's the first choice, but I, I, assuming that they want to keep him, Teague's got another year left. He's got the Bucks one, wanted one, to sign he's got him. One more year left after this one. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't, just because it doesn't. It just does. It's not a perfect fit, and I feel like you could maybe get. Some, I'd. I'd almost rather just get a first round pick from a team that's going to be then Jabari like Parker the top okay. 10. like Good. no then then Teague like oh if I'm, if I'm oh, trading Parker I'd sure, rather, sure. I'd, I'd rather get like a first rounder I just don't team. I don't know what the Bucks want honestly they I don't think they want to trade Parker I don't think <laughs> like, no I don't think they do either like, I just mean from a franchise direction perspective right. I don't know they came into this season simultaneously wanting to develop talent and make the playoffs as like a four seed you just yeah. can't do both and if they get another first round pick you know, assuming it's a, a lottery type of pick all of a sudden, you're throwing in another 20, 21-year-old guy into a team that already has Giannis, already has Middleton, already has Monroe. These guys are all 25 or younger. Michael Carter-Williams is in that group as well. Parker's in that group if he's still around. How many guys do you want to be developing all at once but still have these expectations where you're trying to make the playoffs? 
you get a guy like Teague, yeah. a, a bona fide all-star starting point guard last year, all of a sudden the floor for that team is raised quite a bit. So that, that means Carter Williams Bench. is like the seventh man, sixth man. Depending Something if Bayless like is their yeah. sixth, seventh man. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be fine. I think like not having Parker on the floor and having Teague on the floor makes them a much better team. Yes. So you might as well try to get like the eight seed. The thing yeah. is they need they, – if they get rid of Parker, then they have like nothing at power forward. That's J-O-B and Chris Copeland. Uh, I mean, you could play Giannis at the four. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you go, then you would go Monroe, Giannis, and I think Middleton can play the three. Sure, Monroe, Giannis, Middleton, <clears throat> Mayo, and Teague. Hell yeah, roll, roll it out, roll out the ball, roll let's, Teague. Let's see, let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. I don't think they may. I don't think they move Parker. I don't think they should move Parker unless they get some sort of Godfather offer from some team that's in love with him. But I'd love. Well, I love the idea of trading him for Markeith plus. I don't think they want Markeith. I don't think you I, need to I'm give. I'm sure they don't, but I I like I want him. <laughs> I don't think his value is as high as you think it is. Like Mark, they're about, not going to demand Jabari Parker for him. They want to get rid of him. What about Markeith and like, I don't know, like T.J. Warren, something like that. That I'm intrigued. Like, because like I I think Markeith's better than Parker. Yes, and I think he's better than Parker will ever be. What so. we talked about yesterday is what you're basically gambling if you're the Bucks. If you're going to trade Jabari Parker, if that's if that's the mindset that you have, you have to say. We're going to take the gamble that whoever we get back is a better player, probably already, if you're talking about a guy like Markeith, than Jabari Parker's ever going to be. to get a worse player back. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. But you're gambling, you're gambling that Parker's never going to get as good as the guy that you're getting back, right? Right. But also, like, a guy that has maybe another level he can get to that he hasn't gotten to yet, which sure. is why I like Markeith. And which T doesn't like have my that. top two. Yeah, like, that's why I like the shooter Markeith moves is because I could see, like, a world where Markeith is all of a sudden like a borderline top twenty-five player in the league, and like, he kind of was right, yeah. So and and a, a two-way player, which is what the Bucks—that's what made the Bucks so exciting mm-hmm. at the end of last year, and why I wonder if they would still do the Monroe signing um, because like you you took a team that was just crazy good on defense, and then you added Jabari Parker and Greg Monroe to the who starting are crazy lineup. bad on defense. Yeah. So I think getting. Getting back to that kind of identity with with a guy like Markeith would be great. I don't think he's like a problem guy uh, in the locker room or, or anything like that. If he gets out of Phoenix, because I just think that they they screwed him over so badly with that uh, trading his brother when they took less money to to stay together. That I understand why he's kind of a problem there. But I think as long as soon as he gets out of there, it's it. He doesn't have to go to Detroit. Like, well, that's the thing. Does does he know? Are we? No, do we I, know? Is he cool going anywhere but Phoenix? It doesn't have to be Detroit. It's it's not. I I would imagine that he's not as pissed about not playing with Marcus anymore as he is that they, he thought they had an agreement and they went back. Sure. So I think and didn't that, consult him about right. it. Right. I think that once once he gets out of there, he'll be he'll be fine. Sure. And a lot of people have asked me about Greg Monroe deals too. You mentioned him. I think he's the guy that Milwaukee would like to trade most. You have John Henson, who you just signed to an extension. He's a completely different type of player, more They'd defensive. They'd love to trade focus. him for Zaza. <laughs> Isn't it funny that the Mavs just wouldn't do that deal? No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the thing about Monroe is he's so he's one of those old school, not a good defender, slow, methodical, mm-hmm. and he's having a great year. I mean, PER wise, he's mm-hmm. he's been awesome. He's averaging a double double, and no no real qualms about it. But it's just the effect that he's had on the defense hasn't been good. So. 
I think teams will see those numbers. I mean, 17 and 10 or whatever it is with some assists and say, you know, we could find use for this guy, but you look at what he's done to this defense. And I think that's going to scare some teams off. I think there was, I think there was only, there was only a, there was only a hand in the first place. So you're already narrowing it down to New York, the Lakers, Portland, <coughs> maybe Dallas, but I don't think not, they don't have any need for him. So the destinations are pretty limited. The good thing is he only signed a two plus one deal. Mm-hmm. So he can opt out after next year. And I think he will for money reasons. If he ends up in a good situation, maybe he doesn't. Uh, but I mean, you're basically, you basically have a handful of four or five teams that you could really deal them to. And I mean, the Lakers are really the only team there that has assets that you might be interested in. Right. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think if you're trading him, it almost makes sense to just try to get a guy like Zaza back. Like, I don't think you're, I think they can ride out Henson for this year. Does he ever play more than 30 minutes a game? Henson? He yeah. doesn't play over like 20 minutes yeah, a game. So He's been on the court with Monroe for less than 15 minutes a whole year. So, like, I just don't – I think you have to get another big man back if you're trading Monroe. Like, because I just don't – I think you're – You can't just play Henson. You can't just play J.O.B. Well, you have Miles Plumley though, who's actually not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. That's true. I mean, Plumlee, I think I, was, I threw out a Jabari. Would their fo- team be better, like – Overall, if Plumley, like, I don't think so for the defense. No, he's he still has his lapses. <laughs> right. He's not. He's playable though. He's definitely not a guy that you have to push out of your rotation. I thought maybe a Monroe to L.A. for Hibbert's expiring and Julius Randle. I don't know no if the way. Lakers do that. No I think you know. I think you'd honestly probably be lucky to get Hibbert's expiring and Nance back. And Nance? Can, I don't yeah. want Nance. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a believer on him yet. What about I, Clarkson? <clears throat> I don't think LA like has a pressing need for Greg Monroe. That's the other no, thing. I yeah. don't think they're gonna they're no, not gonna come what's calling. The, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. and it, they, they they like Hibbert's expiring because they want they, they want the cap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, and and they're not in any position. Like I just said, Monroe on a two plus one. Maybe the Lakers make a splash of free agency and contend next year. But after that, all of a sudden he's a free agent, and do they want to be paying him what's probably going to be close to max? We we got to go eat some Mexican food. We do. We're, well, we're coming up in an hour here. Yeah, you're right. We do need to get over to guadalajara yeah is that how you pronounce it okay all right but before we do that just a quick word uh about wix.com james you need a website maybe yeah i, I can use why not do it yourself yeah, with sure. wix.com no matter what business you're in wix.com is something for you it's used by more than 75 million people worldwide wix makes it easy to get your website live today you need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer, James, nor do you have to be a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix empowers business owners like you, James, to create their own professional websites every day. Whether you're running on your own budget, you're bound to be busy, probably too busy to be worrying about uh, building your own website. That's why it has to be easy, and that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix, it's easy and it's free. Go to Wix.com, that's W-I-X.com, to create your own website today. The result is stunning. 